Hello and welcome to the Pre-Raphaelite Society podcast brought to you by the Pre-Raphaelite Society. Today it's a real pleasure to welcome Marcia Bale. <laughs> Marcia Bale to the podcast. And Mar- Marcia, or as I might call you Margie, if that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> Margie um, has come to talk to us about a project that she's involved with um, that she's been setting up so Margie welcome to the podcast it's great to have you as a guest thank you thank you for inviting me it's nice no problem yeah so in February 2004 Margie received the photocopy previous life with a pre-Raphaelite muse depicted on it at first glance she thought she was looking at herself with the solo exhibition Looking for Janie, exactly 20 years later, Margie wanted to show how this one photocopy influenced her artistry. In 2009, she started a project, Reflections on Jane Morris, which has grown into the concept of a Jane Morris museum. Her multidisciplinary approach to this muse reflects her own background with a wide range of interests and studies from visual arts and photography to creative writing and psychology. Margie carefully selects the images, objects and stories that define her connection with Jane Morris or reveal a contrasting portrait of her authentic self. Margie created a role for herself based on Jane Morris's history to complement and modernise her persona. As a contemporary female artist is Margie's underlying intention to free Jane Morris of the myth that has been created around her. Margie, was the photocopy of the anonymous woman the reason that you became interested in pre-Raphaelites? Yes, it was. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I received this photocopy during an uh, opening night of my exhibition, another exhibition in the Holland. Um, where I was presenting my um, exhibition Cataleptic Chain Champion with my drawings in ink. And a few hours before, we were just preparing with a few friends involved in the catalogue. Um, and one of them gave me um, this photocopy. And then I shouted out, I didn't know you were so good at photoshopping. <laughs> <laughs> because she had... Um, I thought she had manipulated a few self-portraits that I made just a bit before. And um, it turned out to be a whole different woman. So um, since there was no name on this photo, it was uh, mysterious who this woman was. And... Can you tell us a little bit about your current project then, um, looking for Janie? So where did these ideas come from and what sort of things can we expect to see in your exhibit and where, where can we see your exhibit? Um, the exhibition will be in Pulgi. It's a Dutch uh, artist society founded in 1847. And um, uh, because it's in February, 
it will be 20 years later than when I received that first photocopy. Okay. And I thought it would be nice to look at, um, yeah, how, how did she influence my work and my life? So what I will be doing is um, I will be showing some documentation of artworks I made just before um, the photocopy was given to me. And um, I will juxtapose it with uh, artworks I made inspired by Jane Norris. So there will be drawings, photographs. Yeah. Name. And they're all inspired by the life of Jane Morris and uh yeah it's I try to focus on um I've been doing a series uh inspired by her hair and um those drawings they became more and more landscapes mm. and they they don't really they're not really are about Jane Morris anymore, but they are about me <laughs> because they are uh, landscapes of water and I, I grew up on a boat. So water is very important for me and it comes natural to create the drawings of water, the waves from the waves in Jane's hair. <laughs> so that's what's yeah binding us together i guess for me it's about uh identity and researching who you are as a person and um besides researching our resemblances i also focus on the differences and to me it's very important i don't want to resemble i don't want to be a copycat i just want to be my authentic self so I don't dress up in Victorian dresses and I don't bend my head. <laughs> I don't <laughs> look angry or sad. I just carry on with my life. And this way I'm not playing a role, but that's how I perceive uh, I'm capable of doing something uh, like where, where Jane started as an artist. She was helping uh, William Morris and Tante Gabriel Rossetti to create their artworks and she made her own artworks but she was not an independent artist like I am now. Mm. That's the changing of time allows me to do that. And also her daughter May was one of the first women who would go to art academy. Yes. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I could go on, on and on. <laughs> I think I've answered your question. <laughs> oh, it sounds really, it sounds fascinating. Have you got any plans on bringing it to the UK? Uh, I didn't really have time to think about it. And actually, uh, this exhibition was instead, it was instead of an exhibition I was working on for the Beverly Art Gallery in England. Okay, yeah. And I worked on it for three years already, but then they postponed it for a third time. And it was first postponed because of Corona and then because of uh, renovation plans. 
and then the third one because they were actually going to start with the renovation <laughs> and they prolonged it with another two and a half years and it wasn't yeah with the renovations you're not really sure if it's sticking with the date so i thought well yeah it broke my heart but i moved on no not immediately but not immediately <laughs> long 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 walks on the beach <laughs> to become inspired by water <laughs> and to regain my strength as an artist to yeah feel instead of preparing an exhibition actually yeah connecting with inspiration and trying out new things it sounds fantastic. I mean, if you do get the opportunity, I would, I, I would encourage you very much to bring it to the UK. I know there'd be plenty of people here that would love to see it. Well, they can contact me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be open for it, of course. I'd love yeah. to. <laughs> yeah. Or, or we could just all, all all take a trip to the Netherlands. You could. Which I'd recommend. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> so, talking of which. It, can you tell tell us a little bit about the pre-Raphaelites in the Netherlands? Have they got a, a reputation there? Are they known? Is there any historical basis for them? Um, I think that they were quite popular in the 80s and they're still popular. Uh, with, with, yeah, but not really in the circle where I'm working in the contemporary art scene and that's a pity because it's a it, it's a l l large difference between the audience in England and the audience in The Hague where I have to explain who is Rossetti, who is William Morris, who is Jane Morris, who, is, who are the pre-Raphaelites and then it will ring a bell but they most of them know William Morris because yes. of the difference he made but that's about it. Some know more, but... And when I travel to England and I participate in a conference or I, I visit museums and archives, you, you meet all these people that are really fascinated by the pre-Raphaelites and they know everything. Well, not everything, but uh, when I talk about my project, they will know who I'm talking about. Mm. And yeah they can inspire me and it's like when i visit a bookstore secondhand bookstore you will find easily uh, books with jane morris on the cover yeah it's yeah it's it's alive here um and yeah in holland we have the dutch masters of course yes they are similar to holland than uh compared to the pre-raphaelites to england i guess Yes, I suppose every country has its sort of cultural traditions that come back. You, you know, I mean, Esther, one of our podcast hosts, sort of frequently talks about how there wasn't such a uh, pre-Raphaelites weren't particularly well known in Spain, where she's from, yeah. you know, because they've got such a tradition of classical art, and it's yeah, maybe just a peculiarly British thing, pre-Raphaelitism, but. I'm sure some of the listeners might correct me. I was I was wondering if there were any sort of uh, people from the 
nineteenth century who were working in that vein at the time of pre-Raphaelitism. In in Holland, in yeah, in Holland. Oh, oh I don't know. This is more more for my interest now. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't know. No, it's not, it's not a style, to be honest. That's really. <laughs> no, no, po- possibly not. No, I just. I, <laughs> I'm more I into uh, <laughs> the the Brit the angry British artist. What's his style? The contemporary Damien Hirst, Mark. Oh yes. Uh, <laughs> and before that, Milton Freud and Francis Bacon. Yeah. But... <laughs> more my style. <laughs> so, I suppose the. The big question then would be what in what ways are you contributing to the legacy of Jane Morris? So you're certainly bringing her to the Netherlands, but what are you what are you doing to contribute to Jane's story and legacy? Um, well, besides my own artworks and my very personal interpretation of who she was, uh, I'm yeah, I'm. And paying homage to who she was, and um, I would love to know everything about her available. And it serves as a great inspiration for me. I think I will carry on um, with it for the rest of my life. Because also, um, when I'm not directly inspired by Jane Morris. Um, then I'm still it's it's it still fits in the context because uh, I'm working on a double biography, so about her life, about my life, about our the yeah how our lives are intertwined, and yeah, I can only publish it of course when I'm at the end of my life. <laughs> <laughs> So that's one thing, uh, and also I'm um, I'm trying to focus on the photographs made, mm. from. and recently there has been a lot of um, discoveries, and um, because of the the digit digitalization, yeah, yeah, <laughs> things are. Um, things hidden in archives they become available they become uh, yeah and then um, like one and a half year ago the William Morris Gallery um, I was browsing on their website and I found a third photo made by Robert Faulkner uh, in her 40 when she just before she turned 40 I guess or just afterwards just afterwards I think and then um, yeah I immediately recognized this is it's just a subtle difference but it's it is another one from the series and I know the series by heart so it's like puff it pops in directly and they also put another photo by another photographer Herbert Watkins and this was the second one in a series. And um, they used to make like eight photos in one uh, mm. session. So I knew there would be more. And I also 
I, I already had seen a, a folk uh, online. It was published in a book, but it was just a very unsharp photo. And I tried to find it online, yeah, the high resolution image, but I couldn't find it. So that was like maybe more than 10 years ago. And then, buff, there it is. <laughs> so that's the second one popping up. <laughs> and then I went to the um, uh, Rossetti's exhibition last summer. And then uh, I was interested in, because they are they included the full negatives of yes. the, the glass plates. So normally the images would be cropped. Not all of them, but m most of them were available. Uh, to the public eye as uncropped versions and then I have been studying these photographs for like 15 years and then suddenly you have a complete a new composition so you have to change your yeah what in one photo I thought she was uh, standing next to an easel a paintings easel but it turned out to be a rope of the tent and then I could only see it because the image was larger than it used to be. And then suddenly you, you have to change your ideas about the environments he was in. Mm -hmm. But I went to uh, the St. Bride's um, library to look at uh, negatives that Emery Walker made of the John Parsons original wet plates. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can you still follow me? <laughs> yeah, copy. <laughs> <laughs> and they were too fragile to be uh, shown because they might break if they were taken from the boxes. So I couldn't see them. But instead, I looked up at some other materials and then I saw a um, reproduction print of uh, another photo and that was from the same session as Herbert Watkins mm. uh, with, uh, from the William Morris Gallery and the Victorian Albert Museum and then it was attributed uh, wrongly because it said Jane Morris the Red House 1860 so I didn't expect to see that but then I also immediately saw hey this is not how it's described and it's and they also said they referred to the Victorian Albert Museum but I'm like no it's not it's not the same it's a very subtle difference so I show the people working there and oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I know that they're now and then the second time I went to the London in the same time, I found the original already in the National Portrait Gallery. Wow. And then on the back of the card, it says Lizzie Siddle with a question mark. <laughs> no, it's not Lizzie Siddle, it's Jane Morris. <laughs> so I'm trying to connect all the different museums and to, to attach the, the right information to the right photograph. And yeah, I think. So that really is contributing to the legacy. That's you, you know, your your research and your work is is changing yeah, how these objects are written about. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah. And I, I know you you work with photography as well. So I, I, could you talk a little bit about your 
photographic techniques and the sort of mediums that you use? Um, well, it's um, it's also a bit of a history about uh, photography because um, well, I'm inspired by the wet plates uh, of Jay Morris and I worked with a wet plate photographer a few years ago to recreate that first photocopy and to experience the technique myself. Like you have to sit for a long time, you have to stand still and not blink your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and we developed the plates immediately after uh, shooting them and then you have to prepare the next plate and prepare, yeah. Um, so, so it was all all authentic to the to the period the wet plate yeah yeah it was not on glass it was on tin but it's the same process and i really loved doing so oh, fantastic and um also um the photographer when i was 16 i fell in love with the photographer and he used to make a lot of photographs of me of everything around him, but also including me. And then it's like um, daily life turns into a moment eh, um, worthy to remember. Unlike social, un unlike now, unlike the use of mobile phones, everybody is capturing everything, every yeah. breakfast, lunch, dinner, <laughs> friends. <laughs> They used to say now more more photos are made in one day than in the whole nineteenth century together. You know, really, wow. the whole history, and it's like. Oof. So when I was involved with a photographer, it was special that my presence was worthy enough to be preserved. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> And this uh, archive, it's um, I digitalized his archived oh, wow. archive, and I could select the images where I resembled Jane Morris the most. As an angry teenager, I resembled <laughs> her more than I do now. Also, <laughs> <laughs> my face changes. So, yeah, and also because we weren't aware of her existence, so it was not. Wow. copying i i wasn't influenced by her i wasn't referring to her i was just being myself that's really that that's quite uncanny isn't it then yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's it's your own past marrying up with with the, the past and the imagery of of jane and those yes. those pictures that similarity exactly that's incredible and some other techniques I'm using, um, I'm I'm playing around with the history because I'm printing in books. So I'm printing in a book uh, about Rossetti or from William Morris, the antique books. And I make my own collage of my own uh, photographs made by this photographer, Sitko Feinska. And I uh, make a collage, an assemblage with Jane Morris. And I print it in a book. Or I make a photo of Jane together with um, William that doesn't exist. As far as I know, there are, I haven't seen a photo of them together 
like with children and with other people mm. I've seen, but not only them together or Rosetti and her together. So I create those images and I print them in the books. And this way I'm changing history. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. That's good. Cool. <laughs> yeah. uh, do, do, I mean, do, do you separate that idea of sort of rewriting the history, no, not rewriting, recapturing the history from the authentic history? Um, I'm influenced by her history, um, and I don't, I don't really, yeah, I don't illustrate her history. Mm. I, I make my own interpretation. For example, this collage with Rossetti, it's they're sitting in his studio, and she's looking back, and she's as if we accidentally caught him. Mm. We weren't supposed to see the intimate <laughs> intimacy between them, but yeah, I make it available. <laughs> <laughs> um, so on your website, you describe your solo show at the William Morris Gallery during the centenary of Jane Morris's death. Um, called a, a memory palace of her own. Mm -hmm. So, in with so referring to Jane Morris's life 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 story, you've transformed sort of Jane's world into your own and adopted contemporary clothes and poses. And you visited uh, Dante, Jane, and William Morris's homes and took stage photographs. Um, could you tell us what you you you've used as inspiration? You you've mentioned quotes. So what what sort of quotes did you use as an inspiration for these works? Um, I used uh, the quote. Uh, um, it it was from a letter um Rossetti wrote to Jane just before they were going to make the photos with Parsons. And he says, uh, the photographer is coming at 11 on Wednesday. So I'll expect you as early as you can manage. And for my photo, um, I went to London with my partner at the time, Hank van Lint, who was also a photographer. And um, we went to the homes of Jane and to Rossetti's home and in front of his home at Jane Walk. I'm posting and reading my cell phone as if I just perceived this mm. text as an SMS. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm there with my bag of groceries, <laughs> <laughs> just playing my own clothes. And yeah, I, I love this play. Like, it doesn't look like a stage Jane Morris inspired artwork. It just looks like a sort of selfie, superficial, yeah, uninspiring moment. <laughs> <laughs> but to me, it's, um, yeah, standing in front of her, the home, the artist home where the photo session took place that inspired my work is 
That's really cool. So it's real lifelong commitment for you, isn't it? This this work with Jane Morris. Yeah. Yeah. So what 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 have you done sort of in regards to in in the past? Where where have you exhibited? What can you tell us a bit about your your past work with Jane Morris? Yeah, uh, I started working uh, inspired by Jane Morris in 2009 and in 2010 I had a solo in the Galerie de Kunst Kunstsuper in Rotterdam and I exhibited my first attempts of, yeah, my first inspiration, I just yeah, I just found out her her name, her history. So everything was like totally exciting to me. And every little snippet I found was inspiring. And it's just also I'm I'm working always in different disciplines and um yeah, always trying out combinations. So I made uh drawings and photographs and made them old. Hmm. assemble the old photos and I made paintings of me with James hair in, in a Rossettian style <laughs> uh, with a golden frame Amazing. <laughs> I made uh, drawings of Jane Morris's hair uh, only the hair to to understand yeah the difference I, I thought the difference the, the, the biggest difference between us was our hair <laughs> and um yeah so i studied her hair only and then it became uh, a, a subject on its own uh in 2018 i exhibited in in Pulge with two other nominees uh and well, one winner and one nominee of a prize we were rewarded with a trio exhibition wow. and then I exhibited the the drawings inspired by her hair. Um, and what else did I do? In uh, 2019, I went to the conference in York in, at the University of York. Mm. Conference the Pre-Raphaelite Sisters Making Art. And I represented Jane with a video and the video was uh, a dream story. Um, I had lots of dreams about her, especially in the beginning. And I wrote them down and I edited in a story. And then I put photographs and drawings and collage. And this way, presenting my story as a visual, uh, visual break in between all the lectures and, <laughs> and discussions. <laughs> so, yeah. and and where's it going? Have you got any plans in the future? Are you have you got anything coming up that we can look forward to? Um. Yeah. After this exhibition, looking for Jamie, I will be um, working with a wet plate photographer again. Yeah, uh, we both really liked working together, and um, we, I might 
teach, I, I might learn from him how to make a wet plate. <laughs> yeah, I imagine that's a rare skill. I don't... <laughs> yeah, it's very difficult because it's the chemicals are very uh, highly inflammable. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> you have to be really careful. And well, I didn't want to model and photograph at the same time. So, yeah. Um, prefer to work with somebody who's uh, more um, yeah skilled in the technical aspects practical aspects but i'm i'm really interested in in the medium itself because it's you have to pour the liquid on the plate and then the, you can see how it's poured on the plate because you have to wiggle it a few times so you can see the border of where the emulsion hits the plate and then it will develop in a different way than in the middle where where the fluid is always yeah, it doesn't yeah to the core to the borders all the time so there's subtle differences in intensity of the emulsion Ah, so, so so does that explain why on often on old photographs it's more blurry around the the edges around the corners? Yeah, normally they 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 cut out the the borders because not everybody likes the stains. It's mm. quite messy and chaotic. But I like that. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, well. there's one photo of Jane. Well, the first photo I I received. See, as when you look at her fingers, you can see how the emulsion is, um, it's black. You can see through the emulsion because there's no emulsion, there is a black hole. So you can see a black stain on the photograph. And mm -hmm. I, I'm interested in this because the photo is just a thin slice. And then it's just a moment also. But behind this, there's so much more so it's like you can't really trust what's on a photograph because it could be thousands mm. of things yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a constructed reality so yes. i like to yeah, deconstruct it yeah and I'm, yeah yeah i guess i'm into stains <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like that idea of a photograph being a, a framed moment in history, a, a snapshot, and I suppose in that way, and, and the fact that it's a constructed snapshot of history as well, but yeah. also there's the the process involved in creating it as well as what's actually within the picture itself. So I, I really like how you're playing and interpreting these processes and how you can use those for your art yeah there's there's so much more than just the image of yeah. of jane morris or me i mean that's quite superficial and it's it's about her life and my life and our different times and yeah everything that happens around you and you yeah it's really hard to represent all these layers with, with an image so i guess yeah. i i always like to to combine all the different 
techniques and storylines and I'm always on the lookout for a new context, yeah? mm. an overall frame. It's like you don't look at one image and you think, oh, it's a beautiful image. But when you combine all these images, you have a body of work. And then you understand the story. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, um, I think just before we uh, sort of wrap, wrap the episode up, can you just remind us again where we can see your exhibition? Uh, yeah, it's in Pulgi, okay. Den Haag, in Holland. Um, it's uh, from 24, 24th of February, February 24th, yeah, <laughs> up till March 19th. Fantastic. That, that would be a great thing to come out and see. That would be wonderful. Yeah. And it would be great for sort of all of our listeners, if you if you can get make it over, that would be fantastic. Yeah. And does the Pre-Raphaelite Society organize trips or we, we we do organize trips. I don't think we've ever done a trip abroad, but <laughs> there's always a first time. Oh, you're very welcome. <laughs> Fantastic. So if if people are interested in your work, where can they find you? I know you've got a website. Could you let us know about that and anywhere else we could find you? Yeah, my website is uh, reflectionsonjanemorris.com and uh, I also have a profile on uh, Instagram called Jane Morris Museum yeah. and another one, Jane Morris um, Low Case Marge. Uh, there will be an article in the Pre-Reflect Society in the spring issue. Yes. Um, yeah, that's it for this moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast today, Margie. Thank yeah, you for coming and, and just sharing your vision and your works with us. Yeah, lovely to chat with you. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. And if you'd like to find out a little bit more about the Pre-Raphaelite Society, please visit our website. You'll find the link in the description below. We'll also share some links for all of Marge's work in the description below and uh, please consider subscribing to the Pre-Raphaelite Society Journal. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Mm -hmm.